Welcome to Real Faith. You're listening to Faith FM Radio, and I'm here, your host, Robbie Morgan, and this is my new co-host, Beck Poole. Welcome, Beck. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Robbie. Oh, super excited to have you on the show. I'm, I'm bummed that my wife has had to go and get a real job. I know. I'm but, not a um, replacement, but I'm just going to have someone to fill in, right? But, no, no, but I'm super excited to have you on the show. We've been <laughs> friends you. for a while now. Yeah. We, actually, we actually met through my now wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, cause, Absolutely. Because how did you guys meet? Oh, we actually met in Cambodia. That was amazing. Of so all we, places. we went on a mission trip and I met her in Cambodia. I did not know her before, but that was years ago. And then afterwards, I met you through her. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. What a small world it is. <laughs> now, we're super excited to have you on the show. And we've Thank got a you. great show lined up for you guys today. Super exciting stuff. We're mm. continuing our Encountering Jesus series. Yeah. Awesome. And we'll be looking today at a different person. And we're going to leave that. For a bit of a surprise for a moment. <laughs> so I was thinking I was thinking as I came in today, uh, Katie's got this like new job. Yeah. And I was just thinking like how, just just what's it, you know what it's like to get mm. a new job. How, yeah. There's a lot of people at the moment who are in the process of, with mm. COVID restrictions that, you know, there's a lot of people who've lost work. There's yeah. a lot of people whose work has been, has been limited and there's people who are getting into that space. Yes. What do you, what are some of your thoughts on looking for a job? Do you have any helpful hints for us? Helpful hints. Um, for me, I start with prayer, always praying that God will lead to a right job. I know for me that that's something I want, not just to be a job, um, but something that I'm a benefit to other people. So I, I like to start with prayer. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a very good one. Yeah. Um, other things. Man, this is super on the spot. But, it is. Um, I didn't tell you any of this no. before we got on here. <laughs> that's okay. Something I like to do is then um, sort of look at areas where they might be needing a lot of people at the moment. So you think, mm. well, what areas are relevant to now? Um, so maybe healthcare, that's always an area where people need help. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, just definitely. That's something that I go towards. Well done. Well done, Beck. I'm impressed. <laughs> on the spot job recommendations. I love it. But yeah, it's just like when, whenever you go into something new, there's always so much space mm. of, you know, I guess nerves, anxiety, mm. just there's, there's all these things that you've got to go into. And a lot of people are going through that, whether it be work or something else at the moment, there's For a sure. lot of unrest in the world at yes. the moment. Yep. And we've been hearing about the riots in the United States. There's, mm. there's all sorts of chaos going on in the world. Yep. And I love what you said there about prayer, because it seems to me that the one thing that we do have is the hope that Jesus will be with us through the storms. Yes. You know, he doesn't yeah. always promise to take care of the storm in the sense that we won't have to go through things. Mm. But he promises that he'll be with us in the midst of those challenges. 100%. It reminds me of um, Psalm 23, where David says that, um, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will be with me. He doesn't say you won't go through the valley, but he will be with you in the valley. That's exactly right. And so... In light of that, we're going to be looking today at a man who was healed from blindness and how he traveled through some storms after his encounter with Jesus in John chapter 9. And this song is right on point. This is Callum Interman, Do It Afraid. A head full of claws Glass box with no door No key and no time no rhythm, no rhyme And me, you know I can't take it anymore You've seen me here many times before My mind's a mess, it long since stopped making sense Calm the sea Remind me that you're here by my side You're here when I cry when I'm filled with fear 
You heard to roll a heaven each day here by my side Here through the fire I can't shake this fear but I'll I'll do it afraid I'll do it afraid I'll do it with his words in my head One promise for each fear With my head held high No matter what's inside Oh, in me you know I can't take it You've seen me here so many, so many times before Your mind's a mess, it long since stopped making sense Come to see Remind me that you're here by my side Here through the lies When I'm filled with fear You were to roll I'll have each day here by my side Here through the fire I can't shake this fear but I'll I'll do it afraid I'll do it afraid I'll do it afraid do it afraid I can't feel you near but I'll do it afraid I can't shake this fear but I'll do it afraid I'll take a deep breath and I'll do it afraid I'll hold up my hands and I'll do it afraid I can't feel you near but I'll do it afraid can't shake this fear, but I'll do it afraid I'll take a deep breath and I'll do it afraid I'll hold out my hands and I'll do it afraid I can't feel you near, but I'll do it afraid I can't shake this fear, but I'll do it afraid I'll take a deep breath and I'll do it afraid
heart Hear through the lies When I'm filled with fear Your words, your words Are what I need to stay here through the night When I can't close my eyes There's so much to fear But I'll, I'll do it Afraid I'll do it afraid We do it afraid Welcome back to Real Faith. You're listening to Faith FM. And I just wanted to say to everybody, if you have any burning questions, any Bible questions that you'd like answered. Only the burning ones. That's right. Oh, well, you can ask questions about other things too. But any questions, like maybe maybe it's not a burning question, but it's just like an itch. Yeah. It's an itch. Yep. Um, you can contact in via our text line or calling in at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM or texting in at 0491-064-669. So feel free to contact in with comments, thoughts, questions. We'd love to hear from you throughout the show. And uh, it's now come to this part of the show where we're going to go to what a weird and wonderful world. Yeah. So what do you got for us today, Beck? What cool. are some fun facts that you've got about yeah. this strange place that we live on? Awesome. Well, some of the facts that I have today are centered around one of my favorite topics, which is animals. I love animals. I actually wanted to be a vet for quite a while. I did work experience in a vet. Oh, nice. So I love what animals. What was the weirdest thing you uh, that you saw during work experience? Because um, I imagine a vet sees a lot of strange things. They do, but I wasn't there for very long. So for me, it was probably just a lot of little animals coming in. Um, and yeah, mostly it was tiny little animals needing to be de-sexed. That was the most common <laughs> that sounds thing. sounds terrifying. <laughs> I should. I don't know why you would want to be in that line of work. It sounds horrific. I like to play with the puppies though. So um, that's always a benefit. Nah, it was great. So I love animals. So one of my, um, the facts that I'm going to share today is by one of the cutest animals out there, which are otters. Ooh, and I do think they're, like they're the sea otter? The, the sea otters. Oh, yes. And you know how everyone you it. see on YouTube, you see on video clips, pictures of these otters holding hands? I just think they're adorable. They're the cutest things. So I have a few facts oh, tell you me, lay, lay them on me, please. about otters. So how long can you hold your breath, Robbie? Well, I've actually started free diving okay. recently with my, friend, with my friend Caleb. Yeah, cool. And... Um, I've at the moment I can dive to about eight ten meters yeah. on one breath and I can hold for about forty five seconds while swimming. So that's awesome. And including this last time, I actually got to do it without fins. I was yeah. super proud of myself. Yeah, so about yeah, forty five yeah. seconds. Wow, cool. Underwater. Take a guess. How long do you think otters can hold their breath? I for? would guess probably two to three minutes. Five minutes. Wow. Five minutes. Wow. That tiny little body can hold breath for five minutes. So that's that is, incredible because they don't have a very large lung capacity. Yeah, you would think absolutely. That, They're yeah, so that's tiny. Um, and it just reminds me when I was a kid, we had a pool. And so what we would often do is we'd do somersault challenges. I don't know if you guys ever did them, but holding your breath, doing as many somersaults as you can. <laughs> that sounds like a, a recipe for disaster, Probably to be honest. Probably killing our brain cells. Like it makes a lot of sense for, <laughs> you know, what's happening now. But um, <laughs> no, just thinking about them and thinking, man, these little creatures can hold their breath for so long. So that's one fun That's fact. super impressive. Five did minutes. you know on that, on that that note yeah did you know that it's actually not the lack of oxygen that gives you the the reflex to want to breathe okay tell me it's what actually is it? the rising levels of co2 okay in your yeah, bloodstream yeah so when you have too much co2 buildup that's when you get that what's called the mammalian reflex yeah that, that that 
wow, in your this belly is cool. to make you want to breathe. It's yep. actually the rising yep. CO2 levels. Interesting. Learn how to get jobs today. Learn how to dive with Robbie and Beck. Man, please please great. don't go diving based great. on just that teaching. Go go find someone who knows what they're doing. This is a fun <laughs> who can fact help you. that I thought might appeal to you, Robbie, which is that otters have loose, loose skin in their armpits. So they have loose <laughs> Why loose, do you think that that would matter so much to me? Feel, I feel like it's a Robbie kind of thing. I don't know, but otters have loose skin in their armpits. And do you know what they do with this? They store things in it. Are you kidding so they, me? It's like a handbag so they have, for them. Oh my goodness. So they store rocks You're there kidding, so right? that they this can is open insane. things. They store food there for later. This is like a handbag, an otter oh handbag. Oh my goodness. Dude, I tell you, if I I used to think that having facial hair was a good way to like store things or you know put a pencil in your long hair yeah, tied yeah. back, but but armpit pockets that's a, that's a new level. Yeah, don't you think that like I I mean do do otters have the same kind of uh, scent issues? I mean odor issues, I should say. Not in, really. in those regions. A, I think they have a sweet kind of scent. That's what I read about them. You're kidding me. Like so, uh. when they sweat instead of having body odor, they have a nice smell. So you could you could you could store your dinner. In your armpit as an otter, and it might come out tasting even nicer. They're in water all the time, so it's always clean. I feel like that's, That's, but I hadn't thought about that. (laughs) These, you did well today. You did very well today. This is a very weird and wonderful fact. (laughs) Well, I might move on to something now, the one other animal, so that we can get maybe a spiritual application from this. Um, And I'm looking at a little animal. So. Robbie, give me an answer what you think of when you think of a muscly animal. An animal a what? with muscles. A muscly? Yeah. Oh, I think of, um, oh, I'm having a, 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 a mental blank. What are they called? Those dogs with the meathead dogs. The, Pitbulls? No, Staffy. Oh, a Staffy. Staffy. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. You say muscly, I think Staffy. Just yeah, okay. Rrr, cool. Rrr, rrr, cool. Rrr, just running all over the place. <laughs> their neck's as big as their head, bigger than their head, actually. Yeah. Well, this is an animal that has actually uh, a, th- a tiny bit smaller space in its body but it has a lot of muscles so this is a caterpillar we're talking about okay caterpillars have as many as four thousand muscles in their body you're kidding no how many do you know how many muscles there are in the human body in the human body well we have 650 muscles that's that's a stark difference there's a big difference so caterpillars are full of muscles and then this is something that i didn't know so what happens with caterpillars their main job is to eat right what an amazing job description their main job is to eat to get enough energy when they have to turn into a butterfly. So one of the things that we're going to learn about them is that um, something that happens to them when they go in, they dissolve. They actually digest. Their whole body digests and they dissolve into like a caterpillar soup. And then they have to be fully dissolved before they can come back together and turn into a butterfly. Wow. And something that made me think about uh, a spiritual application is that often in our lives, before we can turn into butterflies, before we can turn into what God wants us to turn into. Sometimes we have to be dissolved. Some of the things that are in our life that are separating us from him need to be dissolved. And so, yeah, before we become a butterfly, sometimes we need to be broken down a bit before we can be remade into the image of God. Wow. That's a huge application. That's, that's incredible because, you know, it's, it's amazing to me that the Bible talks about how, you know, we've got revelation, which would be scripture, right? Mm. God has spoken through these things. Yep. And yet, you've also got the, the the natural world that teaches us so much about the character of God. So, man, that's that's incredible. Um, yeah, that's that's just amazing. <laughs> like, that God really has to sometimes do some some big works in us. Yeah, and if definitely. we want to experience transformation, we can experience that through surrender. Yeah, just like the caterpillar has to surrender. Hundred percent. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Man of sorrows, what a name. 
for the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Anthem Lights, Hallelujah Medley, beautiful. So today we've got our friend Liam from The Breakfast Show on for our Testify segment. So afternoon, we're guys. I was about to say morning, guys, but uh, it's afternoon, guys. How are we? Yeah, Doing good. really well. Good. Doing Fantastic. Good. Well. We're so glad that we could have you on the show today. We're super excited to hear a bit more about your story and how you encountered Jesus yeah. and how that's impacted your life. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. So without any further ado, what was... I mean, I guess, what was life like before you encountered Jesus? Before I, well, I grew up in the church. Uh, mm. My parents went to church when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And so my whole life, I've sort of been in the uh, the church environment. Um, but it wasn't until oh, I was probably closer to, to when I was 11 years old. Mm. Um, my family had just moved from Perth in Western Australia to Avondale for my dad to study. And we'd gone back to Perth uh, for Easter camp. For the, the big camp there, which is a big group where everyone comes and uh, from around the, the state or the country to praise Jesus for a week. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so like a prayer meeting kind yeah, of conference. Yeah, yeah. So it was an amazing time. Um, so we went over there for that. And um, there was a, sp- a speaker there, um, Pastor J.P. Munez. I can't remember his first name, but I just remember J.P. Um, and he, he did a story. Uh, and and his illustration of Jesus, it just really struck a chord with me. Up until then, um, you know, obviously... As I said, I've, I've grown up in the church, so I've got a, a really, I've got an idea of who God is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I, I didn't know Jesus. Okay. So like I knew about him, 
Ooh, uh, but I didn't powerful. know him. Like I've heard, I've heard countless things about, you know, I, I read the, the magazines every day. I know exactly who uh, Prince William is. Any question you like, I, I know him. I know who he is. You know about him. Yeah. But you don't actually know him. See, my best friend, I know him. And, and we, we can, we can do whatever we, we do like little skits together and we just, we bounce off each other and, and it's great. And so before this camp, I knew about Jesus. Mm. I knew about the love that he has, but it wasn't until this, that, that it really, something happened. And the story that, that JP said, he said that, um, I want to picture, I want you to picture a boxing ring, a, 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 a boxing match. Okay. And in one corner is you. And in the other corner, it's the devil. And you two are just, you're just hammering away, hammering away. You've got Jesus in your corner because you know him, you know? You've had all this support and, um, and, and you know, he's, he's there, yeah, supporting, just waiting for you to, to, to stay there. And he's telling you to tag in. He's telling you to tag him in because he knows he can take it. But, and he knows you can't take it. And, 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 you know, we get, as humans, we're stubborn. We're just typically stubborn. So, for me, that's where I was at. I was stubborn and I was just waiting for, I guess I was waiting for the right message and I was trying to fight these battles on my own and after this, I, I realized, you know what? It's time to tag Jesus in. Mm. It's time for him to come into my life and fight for me, mm, to fight my awesome. battles for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, strangely enough, it was after that that, that I really started to notice the struggles. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, there was a number of things happening that sort of uh, complications in life that, that I was just really struggling with. Mm. However, it was also at that point that I started to, to depend on Jesus and mm. I started to commit all these problems that I was having to Jesus. And sometimes, you know, I'd, I'd stray away and, and I'd lose focus and it would get even more difficult. But when I fully committed these things to God, when I fully trusted him in everything that, was, that he was doing, it, <laughs> it was all good. And there was nothing that, uh, that, that he could have stopped. And, you know, it was a really powerful thing to know that, that whatever was happening in my life, I always had God in my life to support me. I mm. think that's one of those things where, um, like what you were saying, Ling, when, when we're not really connected to God, when we're not really in it with him, maybe the devil doesn't seem to attack us as much. He doesn't really care as much. Absolutely. But then when you decide to join, like fully 100% join God's team, that's when everything seems to sometimes get worse oh, yeah. and harder. Yeah. You know? But that's when you really need to remember that you, you've, just, you've just really got to know someone. Yes. And yeah. that's when you can depend on him. Yeah. So what for, for you, Liam, what, what was it that... Or, or, or rather, should I say, how did you get to know Jesus rather than just knowing about him? What was the, how did that flip? Rather, it was sort of like there was just a wall that got pulled down. Mm. And like it was a wall with all the information about him. And then that wall got pulled down and standing behind that wall was Jesus. Oh, that's man. That's yeah. a cool picture. That's yeah. That's a cool picture. That's how it happened for me. And after that, like, as I said, it's been a bit of a rocky ride, but uh, yeah, we've got there in the end. That's awesome, man. No, thank you so much for sharing, Liam. This is our next song. It's Michael, I don't know how to pronounce it, and it's called I Believe. <laughs> Hey 
met someone in the great somewhere Welcome back to Real Faith on Faith FM. I'm your host, Robbie Morgan, and this is my co-host, Beck Poole. Yes. And we are super excited to have you back. We've now come to the portion of our show where we get into the Bible. Woo! Super exciting. So today we're going to be looking at the story of another blind man. We looked at blind Bartimaeus a couple of weeks ago, but today we're looking at the story about a man born blind. Yeah, yeah. And the story is found in John chapter 9. Now, if you have any questions as we go throughout the study that you'd like answered, go ahead and text those in at 0491-064-669 or call in at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. So we're going to get right into it. Awesome. So there's there's no backstory really to go into because... Last week we looked at the story of Jesus addressing the woman caught in adultery who was brought to him in the temple, and this is the very next chapter of Scripture. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the backdrop, and, and scholars suggest that it was either immediately after that or within a couple of months at the next feast. So mm-hmm. that kind of gives us a backdrop. But we're going to get right into it because it's awesome. a bit of a long chapter. It is. We want to cover everything. a lot everything. to talk about. So, yeah. Beck, if you could read for us yeah. chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. So John chapter 9, 1 through 5, it reads, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Awesome. Awesome. Actually, can you read all the way to seven? I can. I changed my mind. I can. So when he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed, and he came back seeing. Dude, what an awesome story. Okay. It doesn't stop there, by the way. This story it goes all the way through the chapter. But yeah. this is super interesting. So the disciples come to Jesus right here in this circumstance. Yeah. They're walking by. They see this man who was born blind. And apparently they know this, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it seems that it's, it's indicated because otherwise they wouldn't have asked the question, yes. right? Yes, yeah. So they ask him the question, teacher, teacher, who, who sinned? Who is responsible for this man's suffering? Was it him? Or was it his parents? Yeah. Now, to, to us, that's kind of a weird thing, isn't it? Yeah. To us, you wouldn't see a blind person and say it's all oh, because of a sin. You that's know? right. Um, it, it says here that it was from birth. So it was from a little baby. So what did they think? Did they think that he was sinning in the womb? Like what was their understanding? You know? These are huge questions. And what's fascinating is that 
to us, this is a super foreign question, but actually in that time period, yeah. this was a question that was asked among the religious leaders. And there were there was basically, I've been actually doing a, a bit of reading today on what's called the Mishnah or the Talmud, which are some rabbinical writings or, yes. or writings by the rabbis around this period. And it's actually really fascinating that they basically believed that when someone was experiencing any kind of suffering, it was as a direct result of a personal sin. Yeah, yeah. So they believed that if you had some sort of physical malady, it was as a result of God's, I guess, I guess, vindication upon you of your sin of some particular specific thing that you had done. Which is really heavy because it means it's not even just you dealing with the physicality of the problem. He's not just he's blind and he's in a place where he doesn't have all of the structures in place that we have today to help. He's blind and then he has the judgment of everyone that the reason that he's that way is because of his own problem. That's his, right. His own fault, basically. That's right. Now think about this. This is significant. Now, now on the one hand, for sure, there are sins that we do that have consequences yeah. that do impact us, 100%. right? Like, like even things. Like, like there's just, just so many examples that come to my mind, right? Like, if you cheat on your spouse, consequences happen. Yes. That yeah. are, that are that, you know that's a result of the sin. That's yeah. a, that's a natural outflow of wrongdoing. Yeah. So we see that. Mm. We know that that's true. However. What's being spoken about here goes a step beyond that to say that every single suffering that happens in your life is an indicator of God's judgment upon, like direct judgment yeah, upon your actions. Yeah, wow. It's really heavy. Which would mean that anytime something goes wrong, that everybody, like you said, would think that it was your fault. And then you could justify how you treat people based upon your judgment upon them by seeing what that had been happening in their yeah, life. So 100%. You're, you're in suffering, therefore... God has done this to you because of a sin that you have done. Just imagine the shame that you would feel and experience under that under that pressure, which is obviously not true. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's not. It's not always true that the consequence that, that, that the suffering you're undergoing is a direct result of something you've done. We no. know that abuse happens. Yes, right? and also something that we see is that earlier in the text, I did a little bit of reading today before as well, and we see that in Job, the story of Job, these people had access to that story of Job, and so a writer writes about this, and she says actually that God put that story of Job so that the the Israelites would have have reason to see that it's not God and it's not their own sin necessarily that causes pain and suffering. It's the devil. The root of all pain and suffering and evil is the devil. And they had knowledge of this. They could know, but they didn't learn the lesson, which means maybe they weren't studying the scripture enough, but they didn't learn the lesson from Job that it's not just because of our own sin or something that we, we get this pain and suffering. It can be many other reasons. Mm, great point. Great point. So... We have this going on, and Jesus says, okay, okay, so so basically the, the disciples are like, okay, so what's going on? Was it this guy's personal sin? Because he was born blind. Is it possible that he could sin before exiting the womb is basically what the question is. Yeah, yeah. Or is he being punished for the sins of his parents? And like this is a common religious question of the day. It's debated. The rabbis talk about it. It's, it's in their writings. And Jesus' response is astounding. Yeah. He just says, neither this man nor his parents sinned. Now, on the one hand, we know that obviously he does not mean that they have never sinned. No, 100%. Because everybody has sinned. We know that the Bible says the wages of sin is death in yeah. Romans 6.23 and All Romans 3.23 says... short of the glory of God. Exactly. Yeah. So we know that that's not what he's saying, but yeah. what he's saying is this suffering that this man is going through mm -hmm. by, of being born blind is not a direct correlation to a sin that anyone committed. Yeah. It's just a consequence of a fallen, broken world. Yeah, yeah. And then he says, 
this interesting thing. Mm. So, and I'm going to address it because I think a lot of people ask questions about this. So he says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Now, you yeah. were telling me during the break yeah. Beck, that you knew of somebody who was teaching that God had intentionally made this man born blind and that he lived his whole life as a blind man for the for the intention of God to say, I made you this way to suffer through this so that I could then bring good about. Heavy. Now, that is not a good picture. No. Let's just be real. Yeah. Yeah. That is an ugly picture. Yeah. Because then you could thereby say that any suffering that comes into the world is God's intentionality. Yeah. But what's fascinating is that's actually not the best way to translate the, the Greek. Mm. A better way to translate it would be to say, but as a result of his suffering, the works of God will be made manifest in him. Yeah, okay. In other words, Jesus isn't saying, this is because you've sinned. He's saying that, guess what? You're in a world that is sin sick, that has consequences because it's a broken place. Other people have sinned, we've sinned. There's all sorts of, of turmoil that's going on. There's suffering, and we see that in our world in a huge way right now. Yeah, 100%. And he's saying that that is not a direct correlation to what anyone did. That's just a natural consequence of being born on this planet. However, that suffering will be made used by God yes. to bring about good things. And that's the best thing. That's the best hope that we have. Uh, we know that God will come back. Jesus will come back and remove all pain and suffering. But until that point, we do go through pain and suffering and thinking, man, what's the purpose? Sometimes we don't know the purpose. In this story, we don't find out the the actual reason why the man was born blind, but we do see the glory of God. And that's the, the biggest thing for us when we go through trials and when, when we're going through problems and when we go through suffering, asking that God's glory would be made known through that and that people could see Jesus through that is one of the biggest blessings that can come from it. Oh, 100%. And I'm reminded of one of my favorite passages of scripture, which is Romans 8, 28. And it says, all things work together for good mm. to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Now yeah. notice, he does not say all things are good. Definitely not. But he says that all things work together for good to those who love God. So this is a, a, it's a powerful truth. We see suffering around us going on all the time in our personal lives. I mean, you, you watch the news right now and it's just, it's absolute chaos it's what's crazy. going on in yeah. the United States at the yeah. moment. And that suffering is not part of God's plan. However, God is able to take the suffering that we surrender to him yeah. and to bring good things out of it. And I think that's a, a really important point that you're drawing, Robbie, that you said the suffering that we surrender to God. And that verse that you shared, everything works to works for good. God can work it for good if you surrender and you give it to God. Um, there's so many instances in the Bible where people are going through things, but they surrender it to God and he will work it for good. But if you hold on to that, if you don't allow him to come into your life, um, then it can't be worked for good because God does everything by permission for us. Basically. Ooh, that's such a good thing. God is not a God of force or no. coercion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. Such a good point. All right, so let's let's jump back in. Cool. Otherwise, we'll because we could probably divulge even more and stay on those first five verses for too long. I'm so tempted, but we're going to keep going. <laughs> so in in verse six, he continues, and then Jesus does this weird thing. So he spits on the ground, and I just imagine like whoop, spits on the <laughs> of ground. Of course, he did. Yeah, yeah. He mixes this dirt and saliva into clay. He yeah. rubs it as a paste on the man's eyes. Yeah, yeah. And then he says something fascinating, and I love this because this ties into what you just said. Mm. He doesn't say, all right, you're good. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, Jesus did that in many of his other miracles. He just said, 
you're healed. Yeah, yeah. Right? Or he just reached out his hand and touched the person who had leprosy and yeah. all of a sudden their skin condition was gone. Yeah. But here he does something that I think is so powerful mm. and it gives us such an indication into God's character. Yeah, yeah. He says, here you go. He spits on the ground and there's just so much significance to that alone. Like God's word in the beginning spoken from his mouth, right? Creates the world, creates the universe. Mm. Here we have Jesus yeah. who spits on the ground in the saliva of his mouth when mixed with dirt creates life you know it just kind of harkens back to the fact that that's how god created mankind yeah that's what i was formed his body of the that. dust and breathed with his mouth yep. into his nostrils there's so many cool illusions here but the point i really want to make is that he then says now go yeah you go blind and covered in clay paste on your face yeah <laughs> he says yep. go to the pool and wash yeah and that's all he says yeah and this man is now presented with a choice yeah now this, this is crazy, right? If somebody came up and did this to you, would your first response be like, okay. <laughs> I'm so glad you're asking because I was thinking about this 100% and thinking like we have what's recorded in scripture. So it's really hard to see if there was anything else said, but I feel like there must have been some interaction or some feeling or knowledge transferred to this man that he knew. He's a blind man. Suddenly someone is putting something on his eye someone's touching him in those areas if you're if there's someone there and you're blind and someone's suddenly touching you you're thinking am I being bumped and is someone going to steal from me um and I'm being pushed out the way what's happening and so it's a really um really intimate re like experience that we see between Jesus and this man and so there must have been I wonder if Jesus whispered like it's okay or if he, it was something maybe just the man and him knew or the Holy Spirit told him like it's okay trust this man he's rubbing your eyes right now and then he says, go and wash. And then there's that choice that you're presenting, Robbie, where he says, exactly, he can go. He could go and wash or he could just be like, go and rub his face and say that was a very strange experience. Yeah, totally. And he totally. would miss the blessing, but he felt so impressed in this experience. It's a really strange experience. He, he felt impressed by the spirit of God to go and do what Jesus said. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that for us as Christians or, or people who are maybe thinking about Jesus, when Jesus speaks to us, when he speaks to us through his word, uh, when God is, is directing us to do things in our life, sometimes we don't always understand them. But what we really need to do is trust the one who knows better than us. We need mm. to trust the one who can see when we can't see. Yeah, totally. Oh, that's good. Because he's blind. That yeah. was well done. Yeah. Well played. I love that. <laughs> Because there are times when we don't see. Yeah. There are times when we don't really understand what's going on yeah. and we don't know the best way for it. And I love I just I just love this passage mm. because it just it just highlights for me that Jesus cannot heal you unless that you admit yes. that you need healing. Yep. hundred Right? Like the only sin that God can't forgive is the sin you're unwilling to confess yep. and to yield, right? Yep. The only wound in your life that God is incapable of healing is the one you're unwilling to turn over to him. For sure. And I love this because it just reveals again that this so powerfully, like you said, God is not a God who's here to, to force and coerce you into his way. Yeah. He's got a way and it's the way of life. Yeah. And he's here to offer it to you. And he's not forcing anyone into eternity. He's not forcing anyone out. He's saying, here you go. Here's the opportunity. You can choose to respond how you will. Yeah. Are you going to respond positively, affirmatively, or are you going to reject it? And this is something that we all have the freedom to choose. It's so significant to us. So significant. And I love that this man's response demonstrates his faith. Yeah. Because faith has feet. Yes. Right? Yeah. Faith is always 
a, a belief is always tied to response in the scriptures. So, oh, it's just so powerful. So powerful. This is the Heritage Singers No More Night.
Welcome back to Real Faith. You're listening to Faith FM Radio. And uh, don't forget, if you've got some Bible questions or you've got some comments to throw those at us, hey, Beck, would you like to tell them how they can do that? What number do they call? Yeah, absolutely. So the number to call is 1-800-324-843, 1-800-324-843, or you can text in 0491-064-669. Awesome, awesome. So we're talking about the man born blind, and he's just been told by Jesus in John chapter 9, verse 7, go, go and wash in this particular pool that's a long distance away from where you are, stumble around with clay made from my saliva on your face and go to this place and wash and you'll be made well. Yeah, amen. And so the man goes and it's just astounding to me. He chooses to to risk it on this this moment. Mm. He trusts. The the truth is that he could have been healed or not healed, right? Like he, he doesn't know. He can't see the man. What's going to happen? And so he goes and he washes. He does in faith what Jesus told him to do. He responds and it's demonstrated by this action that he believes. And he is healed. I really like what you said there where it's demonstrated by his reaction. So often I I was listening to something this weekend and I can't remember if it was a blog or something I read. And basically it said that if we believe something, uh, belief, following belief is actions. Otherwise, Always. do you really believe it? That's so right. you can believe in your mind, but if you believe in your heart, then you'll follow through with it. Hundred you know? percent. And so a lot of people, um, you know, sad things. For example, people who are smoking and then they get cancer. A lot of them don't believe that they will get it until they start. And I've heard stories of people who've shared and said that the re- the moment they got cancer, they threw their cigarettes away. Why? Because now they believed and they mm. knew that they were going to get something from it. So that followed actions, right? Mm. And so exactly with us, with faith, um, it says in the Bible that faith without deeds is dead. Mm. So if you believe in your mind, but you don't actually follow through, then you don't really believe. Do you really believe? Because what's the evidence that you believe? So for us, Jesus says, if you believe, if I'm asking you to follow me, well, then you need to do something. You need to change something in your life mm. to do that. It's so true. Like, like the, It's really a Greek mindset. The idea that I can believe something that doesn't correspond into real practical something yeah, yeah. is a very Greek mindset. And our, our Western society is built upon Greek thought. Yeah. But in the Hebrew mind, if you didn't respond, you didn't even hear. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a powerful difference. And it's good to read into the – like not sorry, not to read into the story, but to understand the story with the right glasses on, yes. so yeah. to speak, so that we yep. can see it and understand it from the framework with which it was written, which is that – hearing and responding are one and the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't listen and then not respond. That's that's that means you didn't hear at all. Yeah. All right, so let's keep reading in the story. So he's he's come back and it says he came back seeing. So let's read verse 8 through 12. Yep. So it says therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said is not this he who sat and begged? Some said this is he, but others said he is like him. He said I am he. Therefore they said to him, How are your eyes opened? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and I washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, Where is he? And he said, I do not know. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, I don't know. Right? Like, just imagine being in that position. You've just gone from never seeing anything. And just imagine what that was like. Yeah. Right? So I wear glasses because nobody, none of you can hear me on the, like, you can hear me on the radio, but you can't see me. So I have some really thick, like, Coke bottle size glasses. 
And that's because uh, they'd be thicker than that if they were old school lenses like they used to be when I was a kid. But they are, they're, they're hard, like it's hard to see. Yeah, yeah. And I can remember when I first got glasses because I was in like year four. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't see, I couldn't read the teacher's handwriting on the yeah. board. And she was like, what's going on? So she, she moved me to the back of the room and I couldn't see anything. Yeah, yeah. And so that was how I knew I needed to get glasses. Anyway, yeah. I remember getting my first pair of glasses. I was 10 years old. And we got in the car driving away from, I can still see it now, the, the Tyler Mall in Riverside, California. And we were driving home and I remember looking out the window on the 91 freeway and going, oh, there's leaves on those trees. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I could literally see individual leaves yeah. shaking in the wind. Yes. And I just didn't know that I couldn't see that. But yeah. I just imagine what, imagine the first time that he'd exactly. seen. Exactly, yeah. Imagine what it was like to just open your eyes and for the first time yeah. see. yeah. I think it's amazing. I um I, I can affiliate a little bit because I wear glasses. I have contacts in at the moment. Um, my glass, my sight isn't quite as bad as that. Like, but I do understand what it is. You need something to help. And something that maybe gives us a little picture. I don't know if any of you guys have seen um, on YouTube the videos of people getting those uh, colorblind glasses, the yeah. enchroma glasses, and just seeing um, the difference that it makes. Like, it makes it makes you well up, and 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 people start crying. They put these glasses on, and maybe they've seen the world with like hardly any color and suddenly they can see different colors they can see balloons it's overwhelming and they can't help but hold their excitement i watched this one of this man who was um like this burly guy and he seemed pretty pretty strong and he put these glasses on and he starts crying and just he's so excited that he can now see color and i think man this man the same thing he couldn't he couldn't even see jesus the one who made him well he's never seen mm. who made him well yet but he can see all the things so he would have had wonder and amazement he would have been so excited everyone would have been looking at this man who was walking around like he was seeing for the first time because he was that's right and so the people respond and they're like hey hey is this the guy mm. is that, isn't that the guy who was born blind no no surely not surely not no no it is yeah it is and they come to him and they're like hey are you that dude yeah. who was born blind and he's like i am i am yeah. i'm the guy that's me <laughs> yeah and just imagine the glory that's being given to God here in this moment. Yeah, wow. Like God has healed me. And it's such it's so powerful because when when God has done something in your life mm. that you just can't hold in. Yeah. It draws other people to God. Amen. And so this Amen. is going on in this story and they're like, "Okay, what's going on? Where Hey, where's the guy who healed you?" Yeah. And what we find out is that perhaps the reason they're asking this is not necessarily the reason that we think. Yes. So there's a plot twist coming. Okay. Warning. Plot twist. All right. So can we continue in John chapter 9? Let's read from verse 13 through to verse 19. Okay. They brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. They said to the blind man again, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him he had received his sight. And they asked them saying, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? Oh man, so... Okay, so so the crowd has gathered him, 
and now they're they're taking him to the Pharisees, and it becomes evident why. Yeah. Now, now we don't know for sure what the reason behind the crowd taking him there was, but it hmm. seems indicative that when, sorry, by the question that the Pharisees ask, that that there's a reason behind this. Yeah. They're curious, like what. There's a day that that was that this was done on. Obviously, everything's done on a day. Yeah. And the day that it was done on was the Sabbath. Yeah. Now, this is very interesting to me because in verse 16, the Pharisees say, hey, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Mm. Now, this is an important thing to consider. Yeah. It's actually a very fair point that they're saying, right? You, how can a man be from God if he's not observing the very things that God has called him to observe, right? Yes. You wouldn't say that a man is from God if he's committing murder or he's committing adultery or he's breaking any of the other laws that God has had. What's fascinating about this is that if you read through Scripture, yeah. there is no evidence of Jesus breaking the Sabbath as it's commanded in Scripture. Yeah, yeah. But I did some reading today, again, in this Mishnah and Talmud, and there's, yes. there's actually a whole section in the Mishnah that's written about Sabbath regulations. Man, now what's, I have read some of them and they have some crazy rules. It's full on. Wow. I, had, I had never read it until today yep. and I was so incredibly flabbergasted. Yeah, yeah. There were some very intense things that, that were required of the people that were not, and hear, hear me again, that were not biblical. No, 100%. These are not things that God had said you can or cannot do on the yeah, Sabbath. The yep. Sabbath commandment is fairly clear in scripture. Yeah. Don't work. Don't do things that cause other people to work, including yep. your animals or your children yep. or even the people who don't believe like you believe. Give them a day of rest. Yeah. It's, in, it's in fact the one, it's the first human rights yep. you know, commandment in history, it's essentially. So good. It's yeah. the first animal rights law yep. in history. Like, yep. It's actually incredibly, astoundingly yep. beautiful. And it calls us to remember God as the creator and sustainer and yeah. the redeemer, et cetera. It's, it's powerful. But what's going on here is that the teachers of the law, and probably with good intentions, yeah. right? had actually added extra things to keep to keep the Sabbath sacred, right? Yeah, yeah. So they were probably... Or what probably, they thought was sacred. That's what right. What they thought God's understanding was, which just shows us that their understanding was totally wrong. And how often can that be the case with us? Yeah, yeah. And I, so, so check this out, right? Like, so here's... Let me give you a couple examples. Okay. So a couple of examples. So you were allowed to tie knots that were... That you could tie with one hand. Yeah. That would not be considered breaking the Sabbath. Okay. However... If a knot required you to use both hands, it was illegal. Mm-hmm. You could not do that on the Sabbath. Yeah. Now, yeah. nowhere in Scripture does it give us that specification. Yeah. But this was one of the many regulations that was yeah. added. Yeah. You could, you could t- take water and pour it on on bran or or the the straw that you would be giving to your cattle, right? Yeah. But you were not allowed to mix it. Yeah. Kneading yeah. was considered work. Yes. And so what we see here is that Jesus had done something in stark contrast mm-hmm. to the traditions, man's traditions of the day. Yep. And they perceived his lack of obedience to their traditions yep. to be demonstrative of his lack of obedience to God, which yeah. it was not. Yep. So this is powerful. So they're, they're, they're having this conundrum, right? Mm. So what's going on? What's going on here? How can this, this man be of God if he's breaking God's commandments? But he wasn't breaking God's commandments. No. He was breaking man's commandments that were in addition to God's commands. Yes, yeah. And we have, and I just want to say a point here, because yeah. because many well-intentioned people have gone on to teach others, and I've been the recipient of this, and I've probably, if I'm honest, done this to other people too, yeah. where we've gone, 
hey, this is what scripture says. This is what God says is the way that we should do something. And then we go, well, we might as well add this extra thing around it to keep that safe, just to make sure. Now that's wise, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, if you don't want to commit adultery, it's probably wise that you don't spend time with, you know, people of the other gender in in uh, like in circumstances where that would be a temptation, right? Yeah. You set yeah. some boundaries. That's yeah. that's called wisdom, right? Yeah. yeah. However, as soon as you start taking your wisdom, your extra boundaries, and teaching others that that's what God said, yeah. Yeah. Now you're on dangerous territory because you're adding to what God has said, and you're perhaps. Making the burden, as Jesus made a point, that you're adding burdens that were not necessary, that are actually keeping people out of what God has for them. Yeah. And that's what's taking place here. Sorry, that was a really long-winded explanation. (laughs) But anyway, it's powerful. And so what do they do? They call the man's parents. They're like, I don't know if this guy's actually born blind. Uh, We can't figure it out. So let's get the parents. And they say, well, what do you say? Yeah. Was your son actually born blind? So let's keep reading here. And uh, let's read from 20 through to 24. His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age. Ask him. He will speak for himself. No accountability. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. Okay, so hang on for a moment. Yeah. This is like typical humanness, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The parents are in and they're afraid because it says that they already knew that if they acknowledged that Jesus was sent of God, that the religious leaders of the day were going to cast them out of the church. Now this, you got to remember, this is not just being cast out of the church. This is being cast out of the local community, essentially. At least for a month or more. And then it would be further on them if they didn't repent of it. Mm. And I was thinking about that as well and thinking, but still, they had a son who was born blind and was blind his whole life. Suddenly he can see... And his parents are so afraid of the people rather than of God, of, of, of like trusting in God and having that faith. And here we see that the man has more faith than his parents mm. because they don't know how to deal with it. So because of their fear, they don't actually address it. They palm it off really quickly. Mm, you make such a good point too there. Like, who should you fear? Yeah. Not man. Jesus makes it very clear. He says, mm. fear God. Yeah. Don't fear man. Man can, do, what can man do to you? Yeah. At the most, he can take your life, but he doesn't have control over your eternal significance, your eternal Amen. direction, yeah. your eternal placement. He says God does. So fear God. Don't fear man. Yeah. Serve God even when the consequences of serving God will look negative. Yeah. Right? Be faithful to God over man every time. And so they come back and they ask the man. And they say, so so give God the glory because that's not what you're doing. We mm-hmm. know that this man is a sinner. Can you read verse 25 and 26? We're going to read. Oh, actually, no, we're running out of time there. All right, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to flash through this when we get back. But it's amazing what's going on in this story. There's so much about this. We know. We do not know. Do you know? And that's going to come in really interesting in a moment. This is Sixpence, None the Richer, Beautiful, Scandalous Night. Go on up to the mountain of mercy, to the crimson perpetual tide. Kneel down on the shore, be thirsty no more Go under and be purified Follow Christ to the holy mountain Sinner sorry and wrecked by the fall 
see to the crimson perpetual tide. Kneel down on the shore, be thirsty no more. Go under and be purified. You're listening to Real Faith on Faith FM. Welcome back. And I just want to put it out there. If you've, don't, don't forget that you can still, there's still time to chuck in some questions. Any question you've got about the Bible, feel free to, to, to send it in. You can do that at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can text in at 0491-064-669. So we're going to get right back into the story. Yeah. They've just asked the man the question. They say, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. And they're waiting for his reply, for him to, to, to answer, what, answer for himself. How can, how can you say that this Jesus, who doesn't follow mm. our traditions, yeah. be from God? How can he be the one who healed you? You must give glory to God and not to this man. Yes. So what's his response? So verse 25, he answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already, but you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, you are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. Oh, pause there for a moment. <laughs> what vitriol, right? Like, yeah, yeah. There's, so mu- there's, there's, there's so much like vindictiveness in what they're saying. Yes. And you know this is so this so often happens when we come up into a, a situation where the question is asked and we don't know the right response and we're we're under pressure we don't know how to answer and we don't want to acknowledge that we're wrong what yes. do we do yeah we start name calling right yeah and that's basically what they do they're like you are his disciple yeah don't compare us to 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 you yeah right and then we know that God spoke to Moses we don't know where this man is from and so so many times through this story we don't know. We yeah. don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We do know. And I love this. It's about to come up to the most important thing that you yeah. can know. It's so cool. So let's keep reading. The man answered and said to them, why? This is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. But they answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. Woo! Wow. Yeah. Full on story, right? It's so heavy. You see here that um, it's, it, 
kind of the scene that you need to picture here is there are the all these learned men that like lawyers you can imagine all these people who've gone to school for years rabbis pharisees people who have so much training they've gone to universities they've gone grad dips basically in this area and then there's this man who is blind he hardly ever went into the synagogue probably he 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 wouldn't have been frequenting those areas they don't even know him they have to call witnesses in they don't even know this guy he's so beneath them that they've Mm. never even seen him and then here they're asking and he teaches them and they become flabbergasted they actually say they're like you're teaching us and they recognize that what he's saying is from the holy spirit he's been given words from god and he has insight that these teachers do not have why because they're not open to it they're not open to admitting that maybe there's something that they don't know Mm. And oh man, there's there's so much that could be drawn out of this. Yeah, yeah. But one thing that really sticks out to me from what you said is sometimes we get all high and mighty mm. and we have self-righteousness in our heart where we think because we know the Bible so well, yeah. we have nothing more to learn. Or yes. because I have these qualifications or I have this experience, therefore I'm above you and yeah. I can't be taught by you. Yeah. But how often in scripture does God speak through the unexpected person? Yeah. You know, God because speaks through open. a donkey in yeah. one story. Yeah. Right? Because it's not about what you know. It's about who you know. Amen. Right? Yeah. And, and even beyond that, it's not about about what you know cerebrally yeah. or in, intellectually. It's mm-hmm. about what you know and respond to. Yes. I really love that, Robbie, because in verse 25, one of the uh, the best parts, I think, he says, whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. Then he says, one thing I one know. Thing one I thing know. I know, that though I was blind, now I see. I love it. And he doesn't know everything that they know. He doesn't know anything that these religious leaders know, really. But he says, one thing I know was that I was broken and God fixed me. This man fixed me. He must be from God. And it actually reminds me of something that um, our guest from last week shared in his story. Akil was sharing that there was this Bible verse that came and he he read it and it really impacted him. And he said he didn't fully understand it and he didn't fully understand what it meant, but he knew that it, it was important and that was it was something from God. Mm. And something that a question that I have maybe for the listeners that people who are listening in, maybe you're feeling drawn by God and maybe you're feeling that that God is calling you to something, but you don't know fully what to do. You don't know the answers, but you know that God is calling you. And so to that, I want to say, have faith, step out in faith and do what God is calling you to do. If he's calling you to seek him and to learn more about him, if you don't know anything about him, it's okay because he will teach you what you need to know. But just accept that you need to admit that you need help and then seek God. Totally. Totally. Oh, so good. So if that's you, just do it. That's yeah. that's my advice. Yeah. Call us, text us. We will, that's we will right. yeah, love to have conversation and dialogue. That's right. And if you'd like to find out more, you want some assistance on getting to know Jesus, yeah. contact us through our Facebook page. You can also send in your, your Bible questions through our Facebook page as mm-hmm. well. Um, it's just amazing stuff yeah. that can be shared with you just to get to know Jesus more. I love it. There's so much going on in here. You've got, you've got this statement that he says. He says, now we know that God does not hear sinners. Mm. Now, I just want to speak to that for a brief moment because on the one hand, that's true in the sense that if I'm continually and willfully rebelling against God, how can I expect him to respond positively to what I'm asking him to do? Yeah. However, what we also know is that every single person who's ever lived except for Jesus is a has committed sin. Yeah. The Bible says that all have sinned, 
And fall short of the glory of God. Yeah, yeah. So this means that God actually does hear sinners. Yeah, yeah. Because God heard me when I cried out to him at Mm -hmm. 17 years old and asked for him to come and save me from myself. Yeah. And he's been working in my life and he's heard and answered my prayers, but I'm not perfect. No. I've committed many sins since then. I've committed sins today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're all in this struggle, in this journey. Yeah. And God does hear sinners. Yeah. And he hears those who are calling out to him for help and reaching out, even if it's just the faintest whisper. Yeah. God hears you. Yeah. Let's keep reading. Let's read the rest of the chapter. Yeah. So that we can sum this up. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he found him... Oh, just just, just relish that for a moment. <laughs> we know that God does not hear sinners. And what's yeah. the very next thing? Jesus heard. Yeah, amen. Boom. Amen. So, And he actually goes seeking this man. I love it. when he had found him. He said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Amen. Then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. Oh, Oh, it's so good. We we should have done two radio shows for this story. It's so good. So Jesus hears. Now, I want to just say something here. This man was cast out of the church. Mm. There are times in life where perhaps those who were entrusted with, with delivering Jesus most clearly to us have failed us. Yeah, yeah. There are times when I as a Christian have failed others. Yeah. And I have not represented Christ well. Mm. And that's a travesty. Yeah. But I want to just say to you, if you have been disenfranchised or marginalized by someone in the church or by the church organization, remember, Jesus here in this story comes to the person who was disenfranchised by the religious system, yeah. and he had not abandoned that person. Yes. Jesus has not abandoned you, even if, even if the church has done harm by you. We're broken people, yeah. you know? The church is not a perfect place. Even if you've been misunderstood. Oh, totally. Um, and that's the thing the, the, that this man was misunderstood, but Jesus sought him. It's beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. And then just this final part that he says, I think is worth highlighting. Some of the Pharisees are like, are we blind also? Like, just what are you talking about? Are you calling us blind? Mm. And he says something fascinating. He says, if you were blind, you would have no sin, but now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. And it's interesting to think that if they had actually been blind to what was going on, then their ignorance would have excused them. Yeah. But he's saying, you're not ignorant. Mm-hmm. You knew these things. Yeah. You do know these things, and yet you're failing to respond. Yeah. And so you will be held accountable to what you know. Yeah, yeah. And this is a powerful truth that God, God doesn't hold us accountable for things that we don't know. You know, Jesus paid for all of those sins. What he does do is hold us accountable to what we do know mm. and what we have the capability to know. Yeah. This is Hilary Scott and the Scott family, and the song is called The River. Are you tired of shame and secrets, wishing you couldn't let them go? Do you feel like an orphan searching for a home? There's a love that fills what's empty. There's a place you can be changed. There's a God who knows you. He's calling out your name. Come on down. 
flows like the Mississippi From the giver of endless grace And everyone is welcome here To dive into the waves So leave the questions far behind you Leave your past back on the shore Praise God from whom all blessings 
Time for... Question of the Day. All righty. Welcome back to Real Faith. It's time for the question of the day. We've got two questions in, and we've only got eight minutes to try and do this, so we, we're not going to be able to do it full justice. Yeah. But the first question was, what about Sabbath keeping? Mm. So this was a question from Rhonda regarding, well, well are, are certain things allowed on the Sabbath? For example, swimming. Yeah. Um, and, and the short answer I would give to this is when you talk about Sabbath keeping, it says strictly in the Sabbath commandment, do not work. Do not cause others to work, including your animals, mm-hmm. the foreigner, in your gates, etc. But it doesn't actually specify much more than that. In mm-hmm. Isaiah fifty-eight thirteen, it says, "Turn your foot away from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure mm-hmm. on my holy day." Now, the note there is that that word for pleasure is actually about economic growth. Yeah, it's yeah. about furthering your own purposes in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, the short answer is, if you're not working and you're not causing other people to work. I would say that the rest of the question is actually between you and God and asking, hey, is this thing drawing me closer to you or yeah. is it preventing me from being close to you? And yeah. if, it's, if you're convicted to do or not do something, mm-hmm. that's between you and Jesus. Go yep. for it, yep. is what I would say. Yeah. 100%. So thanks for that question, Rhonda. Yeah, I wanted to shout out to Rhonda. Big hugs from me because I know Rhonda, so that's awesome to hear from her. We have another question, Robbie, um, and this one was, was um, sent in by a man, Petros, and the question was that many Bible scholars um, and commentaries indicate that people who don't believe in God are going to suffer eternal pain and punishment, eternal torment in hell, because nothing they can do will pay for their sins. So their punishment is going to be eternal, and that this is something which is really saddening to us if that's what you believe, because many family and friends do not believe in God, and are they mm. going to be suffering eternally? That is such a great question, Petros, and we want to thank you for sending that in. Yeah. Um, first of all, I think... Th- there's, there's the first thing to say is there's no way that we can give an in-depth study on this in six minutes. Yeah. So first of all, Petros, I would say to you, please contact us via our Facebook page, Faith FM Australia, yeah. mm-hmm. on Facebook, and we can get you some more resources or put you in touch with someone, even ourselves, to have more discussion about this. But in the time that we've got, I want to give a little bit of a rundown. Yeah. So the first thing I would say is that we have to remember that the Bible teaches that immortality is something that God alone has. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 16, speaking of God, it says that the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light. And I think that this is, a, this is an oft-forgotten passage of Scripture, that immortal life or eternal life mm, is not something that yeah. one has within themselves. It comes from God. It's a gift of God that yeah. happens at the judgment. So the first thing to observe there is that, is, is, is that immortal life just belongs to God alone, and He gives that to people at at you know at the mm-hmm. judgment. So the question is, do those who are wicked receive the gift of eternal life and then get perpetually punished for that? Mm. So to answer that question, the first thing I would say is John 3:16 says, "For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish." Mm-hmm. but have everlasting life. Yeah, so the key there is that they will not perish. The, he doesn't say that they will not burn forever and mm-hmm. ever eternally through the ceaseless ages or have eternal life. He says they will not perish. Yeah. So Jesus highlights here that it's actually eternal destruction. Mm-hmm. It's eternal in that it is it is permanent. Yeah. It, 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 it ceases to exist and will never exist yeah. again at this point in history, but not that it's continually happening mm-hmm. over and over again. Yeah, so the result of it is eternal. That's so right. It's, it's eternal that they're no longer there. That's right. Yeah. 
Matthew 10, 28, and I wanna give you a couple verses here to go through, um, and I'll quote, I'll quote some of them and paraphrase some of the others just for sake of time, because it's hard for me to flip to the, <laughs> to the pages while we're going. But Matthew 10, 28, Jesus says this of the judgment of the wicked. He says, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Notice he says, kill the soul. He says, but rather fear him, speaking of God, who is able to destroy both soul and body. Where? In hell. Yeah. And so here again, Jesus uh, another time affirms the, 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 the reality of, of the wicked's permanent um, ending point mm-hmm. is actually destruction. Yeah. It's the destruction of the soul. Yeah. The, the body and the psyche, right? And when something's destroyed, it's not there anymore. That's a great point. Yeah. Now I want to just have a look at a couple of other examples. Yeah. Now yeah, Jude chapter seven, sorry, Jude verse seven. Mm-hmm. Jude is the book just before Revelation. Yeah, I've got that. Can you read that for us, Beck? Yeah. It says, As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Okay. So Sodom and Gomorrah were two literal cities. Mm-hmm in the Old Testament that were literally destroyed by God mm-hmm. through fire. Yeah. Okay, so the question is, it says here that it was eternal fire. Mm-hmm. So this fire of destruction that's an example of how God is going to deal with the wicked at the end of time yeah. is actually a city that was destroyed by fire. And we know for a fact that where those cities are is not burning today. Yeah, it's not still burning. And if it was eternal, this fire, it would keep burning. And so, so this, this is the example. is eternal. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is not the only place where this example is used. Mm-hmm. So Sodom and Gomorrah is mentioned, and I, I believe it's Isaiah 34, where it mentions Edom's destruction in the mm-hmm. same way. Another t- place that's mentioned is also in Isaiah, from memory, is where Jerusalem will be destroyed with fire. And we know that in AD 70, it was destroyed with fire. And mm-hmm. it's we know where Jerusalem is today, and yep. it's not still burning. No. So these are just a couple of examples that Scripture gives to explain this eternal fire. Mm. Now, you might be asking, well, what about in Revelation? And Revelation 20, verse 9 says it this way. So Revelation 20, verse 9, speaking about the wicked at the end of time, says, they, the wicked, went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Mm-hmm. When I devour a hamburger, for example, mm-hmm. there's nothing left, right? Yeah, yeah. And, I, yeah. and I don't say that to make light of it. I mean that it's a word that we use to to finish something, to, yeah. to bring it to the point where there's nothing left of it. Mm-hmm. One more passage before we close. Um, and if you got Revelation twenty-one verse four there, yeah, I do. So just one quick, one other quick one is in Malachi chapter four. It talks about how the wicked will be burned up, mm-hmm. will be turned to stubble, yeah. will be ashes under the feet of the righteous. Mm. Yeah. But this doesn't speak to the sadness that we feel. Yeah. But Revelation twenty-one verse four does. So it says, and God, talking about the new earth, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more sorrow, and no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And if you think about heaven, you're thinking about pain and death and suffering. If we were in heaven and we could see our loved ones suffer, then it wouldn't be heaven. We would would be able to see it. So they're not eternally suffering because we don't see them eternally suffering. Why? Because they're not. They're gone. And so they're not struggling in pain forever so it's a hope that we have 
Beautiful. Thank you so much. Awake, 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 my children, and see clothed in strength and summed me in your mouth. I put my words. Rise up and see, I am the Lord. Rise up and see, I am the Lord. Your bags have become your enemy's path. Drunk from my cup of wrath. You have betrayed my trust. I am the Lord and I am just. Awake, 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 Jerusalem and see. No one to guide, no sons to help thee. Rule and destruction, famine and sword. Rise up and see, I am the Lord. Rise up and see, I am the Lord. back to Real Faith. And uh, man, it's been a great show today. Yeah. Thank you so much to all of you for listening. We hope that you've been blessed by what we've been reading. And I just also want to just particularly thank Rhonda and Petros mm. for your questions. Yes, thank you. you know, one of the things that's important for us to remember in all of this is that you know we can, we can have a look at what Scripture says, but we need to make sure that we, we understand it, not just for the, for the intellectual thing, but God actually cares about our hearts yeah. and He cares about our lives. And I love that, that God has answers to these questions, not just so that we can be intellectually satisfied, but that he promises that he's going to come and put an end to all of the suffering yeah. and that every tear will be wiped away because yeah. we will have s- sorrow at first, won't yeah. we? Yeah. And there's time that scripture talks about where we'll go through a judgment period where we'll be able to see and understand why these things are as they are yeah. and where God will open that up for us. But that's another study for another day. So a couple applications from our Bible study couple of take-home points. One thing that sticks out to me really powerfully is that God doesn't force himself upon us. We have the opportunity to respond or to choose not to respond. Mm. And so I just want to encourage you. Do you want to know Jesus more? Are you in a place where you have been blind and you want healing? Yeah. And that might not be a physical blindness. It might be a physical malady, but it might be something else. Do you want to have Jesus step in in a powerful way into your life? 
because if you bring yourself to him, yeah, as in he's looking for you, yeah, yeah. But if you just open your heart up to say, "Hey, here's the stuff. I'm ready to surrender it." He's ready to take it on. Yeah. No matter how big or painful it is, no matter what those things are, Jesus can't heal you unless you let him in. Yeah. Because awesome. he doesn't come in by force. So yeah. won't you let him in today? Yeah. Another application that we have is to keep trusting God even when we're blind, mm. even when we can't see. So remember to keep on putting your faith and trust in God. So maybe you're at a part in your life right now where you can't see what's happening. You can't see what's happening next month, how God's going to provide uh, or, or a way out of a situation. But put your faith in Jesus and he will work it out. I just want to encourage everybody to to put their faith in God because he's the one that can see the future even when you can't. So you might be blind, you not, might be like this blind man, but walk in faith wherever you see Jesus telling you to go. Awesome. And one last point I would say is this. Remember that no matter where you have been, whatever you have done, if you think that you know what I've done is too much, God can't hear me. Mm. Remember that when the blind man said, God does not hear sinners. The first thing that was responded after that was Jesus heard. Amen. So I'd encourage you, do you want to see? Give your heart to Jesus. Come to him. Whether you've been following him for a long time, we challenge you to just encounter Jesus again. May God bless you. Thank you for the show. We look forward to seeing you guys all next week. And remember that real faith is lived faith. Amen.